the story that we're so familiar with. We need, not, we need to guard our hearts so that it doesn't become over-familiar to us. Um, I've shared this before. There's, a, there's a, a quote I have in my office from a theologian, N.T. Wright. It says, do not assume to know the text. So it's come at it with fresh eyes, fresh awareness, fresh, like, Lord, speak to me something new. And maybe not even brand new, maybe remind me of something that once was marvelous to me, but I've gotten a little too familiar with. So this morning, let's, let's pray that the Lord keeps us fresh to him, fresh to this awesome reality that, uh, that he promised to send his son and he made good on that promise. And may that fill us with hope that, uh, that when Jesus said, if I go, I will come again unto you. That the ancient promises that have been fulfilled and the present promise that we're holding on to. And this is the promise. You're not promised a good day tomorrow. You're not promised that you won't get a cancer diagnosis. You aren't promised that your transmission won't go out. You're not promised that you won't stub your toe. We're not promised that America is going to be here in five years. That's not what God promised us. What he promised is that he would give us the spirit, that he would be with us until the end of the age, and at the end of the age, he would send his son. We'll make all things new. This is our hope. If we have hope in anything else, we are misguided. And, and, and really, anything else that we can put our hope in is nothing. It's a delusional hope. It's a feeble hope. Would y'all join me in a word of prayer this morning? Sleep in heavenly peace. Oh, if that were the case, God. But your Joseph was awakened in the night. Because the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes was a threat to Herod. And so they had to flee. Uh, God, what we can surmise from this is that your son, from the very earliest moments, knows what it's like to be threatened, to not be at peace. We can take comfort in this because that means he knows what it's like for us who feel threatened and not at peace so often. But yet, Lord, we know, we know that you are with us because, again, you came in the man Christ Jesus. You have promised your spirit and you have sent your spirit so that you can be present with us wherever we are. Thank you. Lord, be with us today. Open our eyes, open our hearts, open our eyes. 
and our ears so that we might see, so that we might hear, so that we might receive, and Lord, really truly accept that which you have for us today. Be with us, God, I pray. Uh, do not let your word return unto you void this morning. I pray these things in the mighty, resurrected name of Jesus. Everybody says, amen. All right, I'm going to do something that uh, we used to do around these parts. When my dad was, uh, was a preacher here, pastor here, we would start off every, every sermon with, would you stand with me? And turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 40. So would y'all stand with me as we give honor and reverence to the reading of the word. This classic ancient tradition of standing and reading. I will read. You, you do not have to read aloud with me. The prophet says, Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, that my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he faints not, neither is weary. God never gets tired. There's no searching of his understanding. And not only does he not get tired, he does something else. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, wait. Those that trust in the Lord, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And everybody says, Amen. Y'all may have a seat. So I have some news for our church. And um, I felt it necessary to be able to share with y'all today. And then also um, uh, uh, just give a pastoral word about this today. So our dear friends, Brother Donnie and Miss Kim, are going to be uh, joining over at Friendswood Friends Church. Um, and we are sad about this. But we also don't say people leave. We send our brothers and sisters. We send them in God's grace, in God's mercy, and God's love. Um, uh, just a quick reason um, why is because I, I'm, they don't like me. And now I'm just joking. <laughs> just joking. Well, that might be true. I don't know. But, uh, but, uh, no, here's the deal. Okay. Um, they live in the same city as their grandchildren, but with their schedule and their growing grandchildren's schedule, they don't even get to see each other hardly. And that's become a problem for them and a grief for them. And, and so uh, they begin praying about how, how can we fix this? 
They had to schedule time. That, that seems like such a shame that you have to schedule time. And uh, they began praying about the possibility of worshiping with, uh, with their daughter and their family at French Church. Their daughter and her husband, they've gone to French Church for a long time. Um, and, uh, and she recently started uh, working there full time as an administrator. And uh, the Lord uh, gave them peace about this decision. And so, um, so next Sunday will be the last Sunday that we'll get to be graced with Miss Kim playing the keyboard for us. Um, Brother Donnie, Miss Kim, y'all been great to Friends of the Baptist Church. We love y'all. We are sad, and we are going to miss you. Um, but I, I do have, uh, I choose peace. Choose peace. Um, because I love Friends Church. I have great, like, all the leadership team over there are wonderful, awesome people. Um, I had, I had uh, lunch with uh, Josh Bunce, uh, their newest pastor, um, just a week and a half ago. I'm going to have uh, lunch or coffee with Bobby, their uh, executive pastor, this week. I serve over there with tweens and uh, Tina Rohr, who's their children's pastor, a great friend of mine. So, like, I love Friends Church, and, I, and, I, and I'm encouraged that as you go, that you will find a place there. You will get to be satisfied with worshiping with your family, something that you haven't been able to do in a long, long time. And then I also trust this, that, that, uh, that you'll be able to be open to the Lord doing something new and even furthering and teaching you and establishing you in truth and in your faith. Um, thank you all for your service in our church. And we send you with love for sure. Now, I say all this today because um, it's something that I, I always want to believe and I always want to fight for, that, uh, that I don't uh, become uh, the curmudgeon, miser, oh, they chose them over me, and that our church doesn't become that. Uh, let, let, let me tell you just a story. We, uh, a, a young woman who used to go to our church um, they moved years and years and years ago, and uh, and she got deeply involved in a in a church, and and, um, and 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 as she grew in her faith and as she grew in her understanding, she began to see that some of the she wasn't aligning with the things in their church, and they went and uh, they had made the decision that they were going to leave, and they went and sat down with their pastor, and they had a, a conversation, and in the conversation, it was um, it, it was the pastor. Going, well, this isn't God's will for your life. You know, and, and, and charging them and berating them as they uh, told them that this is what the decision that they had come to. And uh, as that were not painful enough, um, uh, then uh, the next Sunday he preached a message in which he said, how do you handle people leaving your church? And he said, whenever they leave, they're dead to you, basically. This, thus, thus saith the Lord, amen? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Um, here's what I know. We've experienced a lot of loss this year, specifically. Um, and, uh, and that creates uh, sorrow. Uh, that also creates worry, anxiety. Um, if we're not careful, then we start getting in self-preservation mode. 
I don't know if y'all know this, but uh, uh, y'all uh, help pay my bills. So that becomes a worry. Uh, all these things can mount. And then it could be like, what, what, what's, got, what's going on, God? What, what gives? We could be like the people there in Israel. Are you even seeing what's going on? Do you know what's happening to us? Is my way hid from the Lord? So, Brother Donnie and Miss Kim, um, y'all know that y'all's loss comes as a culmination of losses. And that brought me to the Lord this Tuesday. And in my heart, it's, what do we need to do? How do, how do we fix all the, you know, you know how, do, how, how do we recoup losses and stuff like that? And so, I'm just going to share with you what the Lord shared with me because I believe it's not only a word that he wanted to give to his pastor, but as a, a word that we as a congregation need. Hey, Seth, I'm talking to you now. I'm just joking. <laughs> The text says, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So this week, as I went to prayer Tuesday morning, carved out some time and just said, Lord, I got to talk to you about all this. Uh, the Lord invited me into this place of waiting and resting in him. Some things that God reminded me about. Uh, God is patient. And we'll talk about his patience in a moment, but he is patient. Uh, God does not op operate out of fear or anxiety. His hair doesn't stand up on the ends. And what's going to happen? What are we going to do? God operates out of peace. That's how he can be patient. Uh, God does not operate from a place of self-preservation. If that were true, then Jesus Christ would not have surrendered himself to the cross. And in moments like this, when we've experienced loss, we can begin to have this self-preservation. We got we to gotta, we gotta save ourselves. We got to rescue ourselves. No, he doesn't operate out of self-preservation. Actually, he operates generously. And he provides service and ministry and mercy and compassion to others. So as he began reminding me about these things, I begin to think about this passage of Scripture. And those who wait, those who trust in the Lord. What does it mean to Trust in the Lord and these moments when you think my way is hid from my God. Are you even paying attention to me up there? So, having been reminded by the Spirit, I would encourage us that this waiting, this trusting in the Lord is not just, well, I'm just going to say these glib things. Well, there, there, God doesn't do anything without purpose. 
I hope I, I, hope I really believe that. <laughs> I'm not going to say any pithy statements. I don't need, need any platitudes. That was the thing, too. I said, whenever I was praying, I was like, God, I don't need any pithy platitudes, and I'm so good, glad that you're not a God who offers them. You know who offers them? You and I do. I had this image even too, like God, like I, I, I go, God, I, I want you just to go, okay, there, there. And now look, look at me in the eyes and say, here's what you do. But, but you're not going to do that. Think about Elijah. He went and sat under the juniper tree and began to lament. And the Lord didn't go, okay, Elijah, I, 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 here's what you're going to do. He went and he sat down and he, and he sent his angel and he fed him. And he said, rest. And woke him up a little bit later, fed him again, and said, let's go on a journey. And he took him on a journey for 40 days. 40 days. We can't wait four minutes. 40 days. And it was there in the mount that God comes to him and he says, what's, what gives Elijah? What's going on? And Elijah shares with him again. And God comes and he doesn't come and rage. He comes in, in tenderness in the still small voice. And he says, hey, 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 Elijah, I hear you. Here's the plan. So the Lord said, I'm not going to give you a plan right now, Macaulay. What I'm going to invite you to is this. I'm going to invite you to wait to trust on me. And, and, and while you're waiting on me, this is what I would encourage you to do, uh, that you would seek healing from your grief and from your wounds. This waiting, this trusting in the Lord doesn't mean that we're just sitting on our hands. It means we're going to him and we're going, man, we've experienced loss. And God, I need, I need my heart to be healed. I seek healing from my God who is, who, who is the one who comes to, to the feeble and he strengthens them. We see it right there in, in, in Isaiah chapter number 40. He gives power to the faint. And even to them who have no might, he increaseth their strength. You know, healing doesn't just happen to us. We have to seek it. If I was diagnosed with cancer today and I came in and I just said, hey, you know what? Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to do anything about this. Y'all would probably be upset with me. And I could make that choice, and people have made that choice, and so I'm not judging that choice. But I'm telling you, if I said, I want something to happen, I would have to begin praying. I would have to begin seeking doctors and seeking wisdom about the best plan forward. I couldn't just be sitting there doing nothing. So whenever I say you seek healing, healing doesn't just happen to us. We have to begin praying and saying, God, God, God I, I can't see the way forward. I, I, I need you to heal my broken heart, my wounded heart. You seek healing through prayer, feasting on the word, letting God's word wash over you. Sometimes you can just seek healing by just being silent with the Lord. Just being in his presence and saying, I don't have a word to say. I'm not going to move until you speak a word to me. Just go to God. What would you speak over me today? That's what I asked on Tuesday. What, what, what word do you have to say to me? I have a lot of words that are built up. I need to stop and I need to hear your word. And that first word that I was reminded of is that he loves me. 
And he's not sitting there going, hey, I need you to figure this out. He was going, hey, I don't need a thing from you. But you need something from me. You, you, you know what? All I want from you is that you just rest in me. And receive my comfort and my grace. That's what this season is about. So I'm going to wait and I'm going to seek healing and grief. Or seek healing from grief and from wounds. And he invites me and I'm, I'm extending this to us that we choose peace. Choose peace. Uh, we choose peace and we excuse fears and anxieties as well as angers and resentments. So choosing peace. Again, there's a lot of practical reasons why I should be worried. The threats are not imagined. The dangers are real. But the Lord says, I don't operate out of anxiety. And I'm not inviting you to operate out of anxiety either. Earlier on in, in Isaiah, uh, you know, Isaiah 40 begins with those great words. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, he calls to the prophet. Go comfort my people. Tell them they, they paid double for all their sins, but I'm coming to rescue them. And he says, declare it. And he says, what shall I declare? He says, all flesh is grass. And like our life's just a, a vapor. We, we, we just go. And, 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 and so you see that there's just like this, 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 this discussion, this dialogue. Like, God, is this really going to happen? Is there anything new that's going to happen? And, and in one moment, the Lord uh, begins to, 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 to talk to them and say, hey, you know, listen, are you going to liken me to a graven image? Which tells me, are you going to trust? Are you going to be so anxious that you need, you need a, a, an idol up there that you can see? Are you going to try to put some plans and schemes together? Are you going to trust in a new program? Or are you going to trust in me? You're going to trust in me. So, he says, excuse your anxieties and your fears. Uh, something that I've learned to do, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a challenge, but something that I've learned to do is, I, I want you to know this, your anxieties, um, you're not wrong for feeling fears, for experiencing anxiety. You're not wrong for that. There's no moral thing. God's not going, tisk, tisk. How dare you? Um, and you shouldn't beat yourself up for it. And, 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 and also what can happen is we could go, oh, I hope I don't feel anxious. I hope I don't feel anxious. And then you feel anxious. And, oh, man, I feel anxious. And, I, what, what can save me from this? You know, what can save me from this? And so my spiritual director and I, we, we talk about it like this. Like instead of going like, oh, man, you know, like stop thinking that thought. Stop thinking that thought. I can just say, hey, anxious thought. I, I knew you'd be here today. I knew you'd show up. I have other things going on today. This sounds silly, but it has worked for me. I have other things going on today, so I'm going to ask if you'll come back tomorrow. Jesus said, worry about 
thing. He, he says, do not be anxious. And he says, today has enough trouble. I'm going to focus on what is at hand today. What's my task today? So I'm just going to have to excuse you, anxious thought. But I find that this is necessary, too, for anger and resentment. And, and I, I feel pastorally we need to speak this word. Um, you and I don't get to judge somebody's decision to leave. And I know you want to. And I know that that's a, that's a temptation that we all have. Do we agree? Do we disagree? Hmm. And if you judge it wrong, then they chose them over me, didn't they? Now I'm anger. Now I'm resentful. Now bitterness sets in. And so the Lord says, I know that that's a temptation. I know that, that it can happen. So choose peace. And I want you all to be, hear me that it's choosing peace. Oh, Lord, won't you just give me peace about this? See, everything that we do with the Lord is dynamic. It's like synergy, right? Yes, we want, we're asking him to work, but we also need to be working right along with him. If you're waiting for peace just to be dropped out of heaven, that somebody has died or somebody has left, and that waiting is not a trustful waiting. That is just a, that's a, that's a delusional waiting, if you will. Because you have to be seeking that peace, choosing that peace. You know, when Paul says, I don't want you to grieve as those who have no hope, he, he reminds us, you have a hope, so make a choice about how you're going to grieve. I will grieve, but I will not grieve like one who does not have hope. Because I'm reminded that, 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 that the dead in Christ will rise, and then we will all meet together when that trumpet sounds. Oh, wow. Y'all, this is funny. Y'all know that voice-to-text stuff? So I have my notes up, and I accidentally hit that. So I have all of this going on. And none of the other things that I had. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I found it okay. Here's the third thing. So we have that we seek healing from grief and wounds. We choose peace while excusing our fears and anxieties, our angers and our resentments. Uh, number three is we posture for service and generosity, dismissing the notion of self-preservation. It can become very, very, very tempting to go, man, we, 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 gotta, we, gotta, we have a scarcity mindset. Well, we can't spend funds there. We can't do this. Well, let's just, we still have missions that we want to take care of. Still have good work to do. We're going to ask the Lord's wisdom in it, all of it, but... We need to posture ourselves to be serving, not preserving. Uh, you know, I do volunteer at Friends Church. 
You know what the temptation would be for somebody to go, oh, I'm not giving them my service anymore. The good people from us. Wouldn't that be a temptation? And wouldn't that look so much like Jesus? But here's what I also know is, is when you, when you are in a self-preservation mode, you're only counting up what you don't have instead of focused on what you do. And here's what I know is that Prince of Baptist Church is filled with people who purposely are here. And wouldn't it be such a shame if we were so worried about those who are not here? I'm not talking about like a, a mission mindset. I'm talking about out of that place of loss and grief that we were missing to pour into the ones who are here. And then here's the other deal. Here's the other deal. We are part of the Big C Church. We are part of something much bigger than what happens here at 315 West Shadow Bend. So let's be like we if you get in this self-preservation mode, you forget that you're part of the big C church. And that this community needs Friendswood Baptist Church just as much as we need French Church and Methodist Church. And I'll dare even say the Catholic Church. So we posture ourselves for service, for service, for generosity. And we dismiss the notion of self-preservation. And then here's the last one. We welcome God's patience. This is a big one. God would be good if he wasn't so damn patient, wouldn't he? He is good because he is patient. We welcome God's patience for it is through patience. Uh, hold on. We welcome God's patience. For his patience is mercy, not meanness. A lot of people think his patience is meanness. How long are you going to let this keep going on down here? You promised Jesus. Jesus said he would be here. It's been 2,000 years. There's been wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and violence and all kinds of pestilence and plague. Holocaust, 9-11. October 6th over in Gaza. Nearly two years of a war in Ukraine where people are being tortured. You're just a mean God, aren't you? What does Peter tell us? Oh, 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 please don't think that God's being mean. Peter tells us this. He says, he says, don't you know that the patience of the Lord is because he wants every last person to come to repentance? 
His patience is not meanness. His patience is mercy. So in this season where we have to wait upon the Lord, and nobody likes the, the idea of waiting, do we? If, if we did, we wouldn't have all the technological advances that we have this day. And haven't they served our lives so well? What are you doing with those extra five minutes that you're not cooking a meal because you microwaved it? Oh, I bet you're not sitting there scrolling through, 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 through social media trying to distract yourself from your own thoughts. Oh, wait, no, that's what I do, actually. I don't receive the time and relish the time. I fill it with more stuff. Well, I can put that in the microwave and I can get this taken care of. And look how efficient I did that all. But now I have no more time, so it's time for bed. We welcome God's patience. Here's, what, here's where I'm at right now, pastorally. We don't need to rush for a plan. We don't need to try to figure things out. We need to seek healing. We need to choose peace. We need to dismiss any notions of uh, self-preservation. We need to stay posture ourselves for service, for generosity. And we need to welcome this season in which God is saying, just trust me. Trust me. And at the appropriate time, and the appropriate time is always God's time, is it not? It was at the appropriate time that he sent his son Jesus. That's what Paul tells us in Galatians. At the right time. At the opportune time, God sent his son, born of a virgin. At the right time, at the right time, God will say, okay, I, uh, let's start running. And then we're going to start running. And then, and then there's going to get some air underneath ourselves. And we're going to start soaring. And we're going to start soaring like eagles. And we're not going to get tired. We're not going to give up and we're not going to give in. We will not faint. But for now, for now, we're going to welcome God's patience as mercy. That's what I'm going to do. And as pastor, Friends of Baptist Church, that's what I invite all of us to do. And I don't invite you because I thought of it. I was invited by the Spirit myself this week. That we take this waiting season and we use it. We use it for these purposes. To seek healing, to choose peace, to posture for service, and to welcome the merciful patience of our God. And with that, I say, amen. Amen. Uh, will you join me in a word of prayer? Lord, I love you. I thank you for who you are. God, I pray and I thank you for Friendswood Baptist Church. Uh, I thank you that you speak a good word. Because of the blood of your son Jesus, you speak a better word than what our hearts would speak to us. 
We speak a better truth than what our minds can conjure. And Lord, your, your word is always mercy. It's always peace. It's always forgiveness. It's always healing. Your word is never to kill, steal, or destroy. Your word is life. My prayer today is that we will receive your word. I pray these things in the mighty, resurrected name of Jesus. I'm going to invite you at this time.